Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about a new thing. God says, remember not the former things, for yet I do a new thing. In the former reign, and that we have a type that will also be in the latter reign for its cycles. God gave the former reign moderately, but now he's going to cause to calm down the reign, the last great reign of his strength, the latter reign. As give you a rain in the time of the latter rain, the Lord might bright clouds and four showers to everyone grass in the field. God said, I do a new thing. A woman shall compass a man. That new thing that he does, yet a man tells it, yet they will not believe. And they will heap to themselves, having teachers, having itching ears. In other words, telling the people exactly what they want to hear rather than the truth. The scriptures are profitable for reproof, rebuke, and correction, but very few will do that because it costs them members of the congregation. They want to hear smooth things, keep to themselves the teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. But there is a work that the Lord will do in the last days. It's a new thing that God is preparing His body for now, the church. We see that in the former reign that Paul talked about after going to Antioch, and we find that John Mark left the left the work as they were headed to Antioch. And when he did, Paul made a statement after preaching to them how that Jesus Christ came from God, came into the world, and died, buried, and rose again, and he is the Holy One, that God will not allow his Holy One to see corruption. Not a trinity, not a binary, not a oneness, but God only. Jesus' only doctrine of Christ. And he says to the people in the synagogue on the Sabbath, in Acts 13, verse 41, he says, Behold, you despisers, and wonder, and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Now that is a profound statement. Perish, we're talking about eternal life here. And he warned them, beware. Therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. The law and the prophets and then Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, the foundation of Christ, which is that rock. There's a mystery there, but notice in the mystery, in Colossians 2, it does not say the mystery of the Son of God. It doesn't say the mystery of the Word. Because the office that's been hidden is the office of God, the office of the Spirit, which is the Father. And that's the reason why in John 16, that when the Holy Ghost has come, that's Jesus, after he's done his work in the earth. He's made himself of no reputation. He's laid aside his glory. Though he be the Spirit of God, always is and has been the Spirit of God, but to work salvation, redemption for us under the law, He had to have a man and under the law. He prepares himself a body in the volume of the book. 
in the word of God. It's written of me, Jesus said. I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. The Spirit, God Almighty, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God, prepared himself a body. Manifest in flesh. That's the mystery of godliness, the mystery of the God life. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the God life, for God was manifest in the flesh. But they will say to us that the Son of God was manifest in the flesh. No, the Son of God is the Father manifest in the flesh. John 10, 30, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus stated that. I and my Father are one, John 10, 30. I and my Father are one, the Greek word, there's not whom being in a union, but heis, one and the self-same spirit, the exact same spirit. And my Father are the same, we're the same spirit. The only difference is the Father is the invisible spirit of God, and the Son of God is that invisible spirit made visible. The image of the invisible God, the brightness of his glory, the express image of his singular person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. When we find Paul addressing this mystery, we find in John 16 that it's only after that the Holy Ghost is come. He said, I'll send the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, into the world. And when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because you believe not on me, Jesus said. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. That he came from the Father, proceeded from the Father, went back to the Father. We're going to focus on the Father. And then, and of judgment, because the prince of this world is judge. He goes on in John 16 and states, that he proceeded from the Father. And he says, I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, dark sayings, but I'll show you plainly of the Father, where you can't miss it, very plainly, that Jesus is the Father. So there is a mystery there. And Jesus said at that time, I'll no more speak to you in Proverbs. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. At that time, you will ask me in my name, and I pray not that I'll pray the Father for you. Somebody says, well, I thought he was the intercessor. I thought he prayed the Father for us on our behalf, taking it to the Father as our mediator, as our intercessor, intercessing for us on our behalf. But we find in Romans 8, 26, that no man knows how he ought to pray for the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. A capital S. The Spirit is the Spirit of God, which is Christ, which is the Lord Jesus Christ gone back to his former glory. Now we find Paul addressing this mystery. And it points to the Father. It is the only office of God that is the administrative office of the Spirit. And it has been spoken in Proverbs and dark sayings. We find the mystery of that 
Paul talking in Colossians 2. I'm going to show you the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. The mystery? Does he want us to know who God is? Christ is the Father? Are they separate? Are they exactly the same? What is it? He says very simply, he said that your hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery, the full knowledge of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Focusing on, we know God is the Father, and Father is God. And everybody knows that, regardless of what denomination you're in. They say Father God, or God is the Father of all creation. He's a Father of lights, in whom is no verbalness of turning. But he says, in whom, in that one person, in whom, not in them, in whom are hid. Why would God hide it? Are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And the treasures will be of God, will be revealed in the last days. In Deuteronomy 32, it is not sealed up among my treasures, saith the Lord. It's revealed in the last days, in the latter days, we will understand it perfectly. And that is that he is God. Jesus is the only God, the only true God in eternal life. And beside him, there is no other God. There's no God sitting at the right hand of him. Jesus sat down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. He was glorified with the Father's own self, with the glory he had with him before the world was, John 17.5. But we haven't heard this thing. Therefore, many people have not come into the real Jesus. Therefore, God will do a work. He'll do a work in righteousness. And grace reigns through righteousness. And righteousness is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Righteousness is the person and work of Jesus in his essence and acknowledgement and knowing who he is in Revelation. That's the reason why in 1 Peter 1, it says that grace comes to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in Galatian, the church, uh, the letter to Galatia, Paul states, I'm not disobedient to the heavenly vision that I have received this grace, not from Jesus Christ, not the revelation from Jesus Christ, but the revelation of Jesus Christ because it's his essence, his person, his work. The attributes of God Almighty revealed in Jesus Christ for grace and truth came by Jesus and grace reigns through righteousness who is Jesus Christ, the very essence of God. He is God revealed. But Paul states there, this mystery of God and of the Father, which is a highest office 
the administrative office in the offices and functions of the Spirit of God. God is the Spirit. But the Father is the administrative administrative office of that Spirit. But then he goes on with that revelation of God and the Father and of Christ, that mystery that is now revealed. And the closer we come to the coming of the Lord, the second advent, when he comes a second time without sin and salvation, for the salvation of his saints, the church of the living God, that's come to without spot, without blemish, the bride that hath made herself ready, that we will have more and more judgments that will accentuate the truth that he is God, Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life. The judgments will accelerate, not to destroy mankind, but to have us return to the true and living God, and especially in these last days, to come out of Babylon, mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. The world has a worldly church, and that mystery Babylon says, I said a queen, I am no widow. He says, I'm married to Jesus, and I will see no sorrow. I will have no birth pangs. I'll have no tribulation or persecution. I won't have any of that tribulation and persecution, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that she might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God, which she will suffer. She says, no, I will not suffer. I already have it. I said a queen. I am no widow. And I will see no sorrow. But God said, the ones that said, I'll see no sorrow, that say no uh, sword, the no tribulation or persecution come shall come near us. God said, I'll destroy that person. There's a sifting going on among the nations. Amos 9, verse 9. And not the least grain will fall to the ground. How does God sift the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane? those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. By the nation, through tribulation and persecution, for the world will hate you. You'll be hated of all nations for my namesake. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. We know that. Some of us will be delivered to be put to death. There, that's our testimony. That's the witness, which is a mortar, and you shall be witnesses unto me, mortars unto me. And in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the most parts of the earth. That revelation of Jesus, that Paul says, I want you to have the full understanding of it, the full acknowledgement of this mystery, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, which is one and the same, in whom, at one person, are hid, hid, hidden, all treasures, of wisdom and knowledge. Not some, but all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So the devil in the last days obviously will attack that. He will attack the revelation of the Father, which is Christ. Because Christ is the Father. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is the Lord of glory. And who is a liar but he that not that Jesus is the Christ? 1 John 2.22 Christ, first and foremost, is that spirit, the father of glory. He is the word. He is the Holy Ghost. There's three, the bare record in heaven, the father, word, and the Holy Ghost. He's three or one. First John 5, 7. That one there is not in union 
but heis, the same spirit. The Father is the spirit of God, the administrative office. The word is the expression office of that same spirit. And the Holy Ghost is the power office of that same spirit. Just different functions. Well, the mystery of God is God is the spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and the truth. And the mystery of the Father. Well, the Father's God. It's the administrative office that created all things. The Father of all. The creator of all. Well, we see who that is in Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Jesus Christ, who created all things. He's the creator. Who created all things? Be their thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible. All things were made by him, for him and for his good pleasure. Because he is the father of glory. He is that spirit. He is the word of God. He is that spirit. And the work of the ministry in the last days will prove that, that the Lord Jesus is that spirit. Second Corinthians 3, 17. So Paul's telling them in the former reign, the book of Acts, Pentecost, that in that former reign, that God said, I will do a new thing. He states it there. That though a man tell it, that they won't believe it. It will seem so far out that certainly this can't be God. There's a way that seemeth right to a man. For if God, who in that is that spirit, sent his son, well, they say, well, if then if God sent his son, then it can't be the same person. Until you realize that God, the spirit, is coming to the world, Emmanuel, God with us, by the word being made flesh, which is one of the self-same spirit as the Father. So this is what Paul is saying in this mystery. In whom are hid? It's hid in Christ. That he is the Father. He is God. He is the Holy Ghost. He is that spirit that was manifest in the days of his flesh as a man. But then after he died, buried, and rose again, that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man, God hath made him, the man, his servant, the body of flesh and blood that he manifests in, has made that man both Lord and Christ. Acts 2.36. The Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that's the Father. And Christ, Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the power of God and salvation. Without the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ is the Holy Ghost. And it says, if the Spirit that dwelled in Christ Jesus, the man, dwells in you, this shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Christ is that Spirit. The Spirit is Christ. The Father is Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is that Spirit. And that's the mystery. And that's what God is revealing in these last days. 
And Paul said, that's a new thing that God will do. Notice it says, they're in Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it, in the first chapter, verse 5, that God said, Behold, ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told you. Paul saying the same thing. That's in the former reign. But it's going to be more so in the cycles in the latter reign. The former reign was a moderate reign, came down moderately, but now it's a last great reign of his strength. And after God has accomplished and scattered the power of the holy people, the church of the living God, the ones called by his name, then all these things will be finished, Daniel 12. In Acts the 8th chapter, there was a scattering in the former reign of all the saints of God, the church of the living God was scattered and they went everywhere preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Not one verse, the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And notice that in the last days, this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God will be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus said, If I with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Who is that? Jesus Christ. So the revelation of Jesus Christ is grace. Grace is not just unmerited favor. Grace is the essence and revelation of Jesus Christ, which is righteousness. That's the reason that Jesus stated in John 16, I'm not anymore going to speak to you in Proverbs. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. That's exactly what Paul is saying. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, that Christ is the Father in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What was hidden? Well, he's not going to speak to you anymore Proverbs, but I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. The Father has been hidden. The Father's revealed in and through Jesus Christ for a body thou hast prepared me, Jesus said. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. Everything in the word of God in that you read in God manifest is Jesus Christ the only true God in eternal life. He's not a second person of the Godhead. He is God manifest. He is the only true God in eternal life. We find that in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, that spirit, and my servant whom I have chosen. To the natural mind, there seems that there should be two. Because if God sent his son, there should be two. Until we realize that God sent his word. He is the word. And he was manifest. Who was born in the city of David? Christ. 
Who's Christ? The Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory. God with us, Emmanuel. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ, whereby comes grace. Because grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And the grace that we receive, and then the unmerited favor of God, reigns through righteousness. Not by itself alone. It reigns through something, through righteousness, Romans 5. So in the last days, this work will be manifest for one reason, to reveal that Jesus is the only true God and eternal life. And we have been told, the seducing spirits, that there are three in a Godhead. John saw it in the Revelation and stated that trinity for us that we would not be deceived. And that trinity, somebody said it's not listed in the Bible, but it's true. Oh, it is listed in the Bible. John states it, there are three. And that is, in Revelation 16, 13, there are three unclean spirits like frogs, which are the spirits of devils working miracles coming in Jesus' name, saying that it is the truth. Many being deceived, coming in my name, and shall deceive many. These are seducing spirits. And these are coming out of the mouth of the dragon, a false father, and out of the beast, saying that's something different, a false son, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. That is the trinity being in separate persons. That is, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Notice the power that they have to do and do signs, miracles, and lying wonders according to Paul to the church at Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonica, 2 Thessalonica, Thessalonians, the second chapter. <laughs> that is, signs, miracles, and lying wonders that God himself will send strong delusion. They believe I believe lie that I'll be damned who receive not the love of the truth. That is very serious. The church at Thessalonica was warned. The first letter, they were all in a turmoil, thinking that the imminent return of Jesus was at any minute. And because Jesus... Uh, had said, I'm coming back again. And Paul stated to the church at Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. Truth. But they took it that the Lord was coming any minute. So Paul wrote a second letter. He said, I want you to know the tribulation and persecution that you're enduring is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God so that, so that your faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you abounds one toward another. And this tribulation and persecution that you endure is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you suffer. Then he goes on in the second chapter and says, now, concerning the coming of the Lord, now gathering together unto him, the rapture, that you be not soon shaken, as a letter from us or an angel or anyone else, 
or that the day of Christ, that day will not come until there comes a falling away first. Well, why? Because tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake. And not only that, they're seducing spirits that come and these false doctrines that will pull, even if it were possible, the very elect away. How? Through the signs, miracles, and lying wonders that they will have power to do. The Spirit speaketh expressly that some shall depart from the faith, given heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having a conscience seared with a hard iron, forbidding to marry of standing from each was God is sanctified. By the word of God in prayer, in the last days we'll see it. It's happening now. They call good evil and evil good. And he says, there in the last days, he said that the law is slacked. Judgment does never go forth. For the wicked compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceeds in the earth. And what is this? Notice in uh, that Habakkuk that he says uh, that there will be a, a shame to the house cutting off of many people. That's people that were in the house of God, in the, in the church of the living God, are cut off. Why? Because God said, because they received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Righteousness is grace. Grace reigns through righteousness. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And that is a deception in the last days. Now, it is to reveal one thing, the Holy One of Israel. In Habakkuk 1, it says, verse 12, are thou not are thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one? Not a holy trinity, not a binary, not a, not a oneness. The man is God. And he says right there that during this time, it seems like the wicked are prevailing. And we find, he said, uh, thou, art, thou art of more pure eyes than to behold evil, God, and canst not look upon iniquity. Wherefore, look thou upon them that deal treacherously and hold thy tongue when the wicked devours the man that is more righteous than he. There'll be a time that we will feel that we have been forsaken of the Lord. Now, he will not forsake us nor leave us until the end of the world. Amen. But at that time, we... In John 16, Jesus said, I forewarned you that you should not be offended. There's a time coming. They're going to live you up out of the synagogue, out of the churches. The time cometh that they're going to kill you. And whosoever does will think that he did God a service. Why? Because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't have the mystery of the Father. The mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. For Christ is the Father. He is that God that he is the Christ, that is the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the glory. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The Lord 
What is the revelation? The Lord is that spirit. That spirit is Christ. That spirit is God. That spirit is the Father. That's the mystery. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is why the Antichrist will, as all warned by the Lord in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke Luke 21, that he will come against that truth. Many will say they're Christ that are not, and shall deceive many in my name, Jesus said. Just because they name the name of Jesus doesn't mean that they are true. There will be many deceivers in the last days, and many false prophets enter into the world. How do you know what is correct and what is not? John tells us here, by try you the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Holy Ghost, Christ, and Jesus Christ is come. Present imperfect tense means it is still happening. It's happening presently. Imperfect means it hadn't been perfected yet. It's still happening. Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, is come and is still coming in the flesh, building up the house of David. That stone hewn out of a mountain without hands grows. That's the kingdom of God growing in number. That will smite the image of the beast in the foot, in the feet of it, and it will fall. And great will be the fall of it. But the stone is hewn out of a mountain without hands, which is the, the rock, the revelation of Jesus, the Christ. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is it? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, which is the Father revealed. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ that Jesus said, I'll no more speak to you in Proverbs. I will show you plainly of the Father. You won't miss it. You'll know it. And he tells him in John 16, I proceeded from the Father. If you have water proceeding from a waterfall, and it goes into the river below, the same water that proceeds is the same water that comes into the water in the river. After it comes down the waterfall, it proceeds. Jesus proceeded from the Father, the same Spirit. It's the Word. The Word is the Father. It's one and the self, same Spirit. The Word was made flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. What? God showed forth His glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Who do we behold? The Father. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth or houses permanently in me, He's the one doing the works. He's the one that's doing the healing, the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, the loose, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, kept it going free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. That is the Father revealed. When they asked Jesus, where's your father? John 8, 13. They said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself. My record is true because I'm not alone. I'm one that beareth record and my father that sent me, he bears record of me. Well, most of the world thinks that's two different persons. One God with two persons. But Jesus goes on and corrects the error there and says, it's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. There's your first witness. There's the body. 
a flesh and blood body, a tabernacle of that spirit of God, and that spirit given to Jesus without measure, for he giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. He has all there is in God is manifest. He's God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. And he said, I'm one that beareth witness myself and my father that sent me. So the sent me is the same as the one sent. Exactly the same, not a different person. And that's the mystery. That's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. For Christ, the one that is sent, is the Spirit manifest in flesh, as we see in Peter's epistle that had the revelation of the rock. Christ, the Son of the living God, 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come to us. That's Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi. All the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come to us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That Spirit is God. God is the Spirit, the Father of glory. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He's El Shaddai. He's Elohim. He's Jehovah. He's the Tetragrammaton. He's the Lot of the Tav. He is God. That is Jesus Christ. And at that time, Jesus said, I am one that bears witness to myself. That's the body. That is the, the body that is the temple of God. Jesus having the spirit without measure. And he said, my father that sent me, he beareth witness to me. But they couldn't see that. Couldn't see the spirit. And they said, where is your father? Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. You should have known that he's the father. Yes. He stated that in John 14. In John 8, he goes on and says, you're from beneath. I'm from above. You're of this world. I'm not of this world. He's stating he's the father of glory. And he says, whether I go, you cannot come. Where is he going? Will he kill himself? Pharisees do not understand that. And they said, will you kill yourself? What, what, are you, what are you saying? Where is he going? I'm going to my father. I came from him. I'm going to him. Not around him, not beside him. I'm going to him. I'm sitting down with my father in that throne, all power in heaven and in earth given to me, the man Christ Jesus being made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. He is that blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent. 1 Timothy 6, 15, 16. Who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach into, nor see, nor can see. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is God. Christ is the manifestation of the man that manifested the Father in flesh. How much of the, all of it in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the Father of glory. And that's the mystery. That's Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. And Paul says, don't let anyone deceive you by any means. There's a great deception in the last days, and it'll be something against in lieu of Christ. And Christ is the second person of the Godhead. He's not the Father, but he's the second person of the Godhead. He's partly God. 
He's with God. He is God, but he's just that he's another person. He's a part of God. He's co-equal with God. He is co-substantial with God. He's coexistent with God. He's in a hypostatic union with God. No, he's not in a hypostatic union. He is God. There's no union there. And if you confess a union, then you've messed God altogether. That's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And it says, let no man deceive you by any means, as that you have been established in the doctrine of Christ, not through vain philosophy of man, the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Christ is the Spirit, first and foremost. 1 Peter 1.10, Peter in his epistle tells us very plainly that the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That's a capital S, that's God, that's Spirit, that's the Father. When it's signified beforehand, and testified of the sufferings of Christ. That lets us know that Christ is going to make himself a body of flesh and blood. Because Christ is Christ, not Christ Jr., not a second person, but one and the same spirit. Christ is Christ. Christ is that spirit. Christ is the man, which is that spirit revealed. And the sufferings of Christ and the glory of that should follow. That is the revelation of Christ. And whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, that is the mystery of God and of the Father of Christ, that Jesus is the Father of glory, that he is God, he is the Father, he is Christ, is born of God. 1 John 5, verse 1. This mystery of God, Paul states, Colossians 2, 9, in whom, in him, dwelleth all, houses permanently, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is God. God manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God manifest in the flesh. We say that, we've missed it. 1 Timothy 3, 16. God, not a part of God, God himself, the Father of glory, was manifest in the flesh. How do we know that? Because Jesus said in John 8, 24, whether I go, you cannot come. They said, where are you going? You're going to kill yourself? Jesus said, uh, the question was, where is your father? Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. So we have to have the full acknowledgement of this mystery the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. We have to be established in the doctrine of Christ, and the Christ is the Spirit. Christ is a man that revealed the Spirit, not a second person of the Godhead, not a, a oneness doctrine of Christ, that the man's not God but is on the right hand of God and the Spirit of God's in him. That won't get it either. That's not the real Jesus. Well, what is the real Jesus? Well, the Jesus is, he is that spirit, always has been that spirit, always will be that spirit, who made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory in a self-imposed limitation, and 
took upon him the form of a servant. He added to his spirit the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man. God found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death death of the cross, wherefore God it's highly exalted him, giving him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he is the Father. He went to the glory of the Father. He went to the glory of God, to the glory of the Father. And that's where you have the revelation that in Isaiah 43, 10, Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, have the full understanding of it, that God said, I am he. He sent his word and made himself a body of flesh and blood. God's own body, God's own person manifest in flesh. The, ex- the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person. The Lord is that spirit. He's shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. We know that we've seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus. He is that father. Then the Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now we know Christ is that spirit. And if that spirit, same spirit, Christ is in you, that is the mystery of godliness. Colossians 1, uh, 27, the, the Lord Jesus is that spirit. He's God. He is the Christ. And if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's not of his. Somebody said, well, that, that doctrine of Christ, we've never heard that. Well, that's what is being taught now. And the Lord is confirming it. The truth to those that have an ear to hear. The true Christ, the true, real Jesus. And he's showing it by his judgments, which are his signs. And the judgments will accelerate in the earth, not to destroy mankind, but that we will all come to the truth. We see that in Hosea 6. Come and let us return to the Lord, the true Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. What is that? After the second day, he will revive us. It's been 2,000 years. We've seen revival. In the third day, which we're in now, he will raise us up. We will live in his sight. We'll see God face to face. That face to face glory, not in partial truth, but in full. The full glory of God. How can that be? 2 Corinthians 3. He said that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. This is that new thing that God will do. Though a man tell it, most won't believe because it sounds too far outlandish, too far left field. Seems almost impossible that God would do that. He's shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we, the body of Christ, have this treasure in earthen vessels. What's a treasure? In him are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. We see that in Colossians 2. Paul said so. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. And that is what the devil will come against. And we must be established in the doctrine of Christ. That the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 43, 10 says that I am he, I am that servant, I am that man. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. Now that's a new thing God will do. 
but he's going to show forth that glory in the face of Jesus Christ, now in us, in earthen vessels, not part truths, not seen through a glass darkly. God said, I'm he, I am that servant. Before me, there was no God for him, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. No trinity there. And in 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Lord is that spirit. He's given that revelation. The Lord Jesus is that spirit. He is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, are we seeing through a glass darkly now, just knowledge in part? No. We all with open face beholding is in a glass, the glory, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. That's a new thing. Not partial glory, not, not Pentecostal glory, but the full glory of God. We all with open face beholding is in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed. The full glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, the same image of Jesus. That's the reason he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And he says there, we all with open face beholding as in the glass of the glory of the Lord, we are all in the body of Christ changed into the same image of Jesus from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Nothing of us but through obedience under righteousness which yields holiness, the divine nature of God, in and through the body of Christ, without which no man shall see the Lord. Well, Paul stated, this is the doctrine of Christ. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, showing that Christ is the Father, plainly that he is the Father. And we see that in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist. He's against this doctrine of Christ. He hath denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. Christ is that Spirit. That's the mystery of God and the Father of Christ. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because the Son is the Father revealed. Same Spirit. Christ is that Spirit, the Father. Christ is that same Spirit in the Son revealed. The Father is the invisible Spirit of God. No one has seen it any time, but the Son of God has revealed him. He is the express image of the invisible God. So Christ, when you have that doctrine of Christ and you're established in it, you know that Christ is that Spirit that was manifest in flesh and went back to his former glory as Christ, the Spirit. So Christ, the Spirit, became a man, Christ the man, died, buried, rose again, and went back to his former glory as Christ the Spirit. Acts 2, 36. Let all the house of Israel know surely that same Jesus, whom you crucified, that Christ, God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ the Holy Ghost. He is that Spirit. That's the doctrine of Christ. That has to be taught. We have to be established in that doctrine. That's the only true Christ. That's the only true Jesus who is the Christ, the Christos, the Hamashiach. He is, there's not another. He's the Holy One of Israel. And that's what God is doing in his judgments now, revealing who he is for those that have an ear to hear. And he's doing it now. It's a new thing in the fullness and power of God in full glory, not partial truth, 
not seeing through a glass darkly, but now, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we're changed into the exact same image of Christ. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. This is the doctrine of Christ. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Christ is God. Christ is the Father. Christ is, Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. That's the doctrine of Christ. And if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Second John 9. And most are believing in a doctrine of Trinity, a binary twoness, or a oneness doctrine where the man's not God. Christ is the man who is God. That's the doctrine of Christ. Well, if this has struck a chord with you, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with you and your spirit, well, then we'd like to know you. We'd like to shake hands with you and become one with you in the Lord and working together, knowing them that labor amongst us. We'd like to meet you and work together in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can call me. Do give us a call, uh, Dennis Beard. My country code is one plus, area code 903-746-4885. Love to hear from you to work with you in the ministry. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us over our websites, feelinggodspeople.org. SailingGodsPeople.com, DennisBeard.org. We want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings. Whereby we can keep the podcast coming to you over the over the uh, sites. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, "Behold, the real Jesus."